Every one of us will deal with difficulties in our lives. The truth be told, we need to have wisdom to know what to do when we don't know what to do. One of the best places you turn is to the Word of God. We're going to be looking at the life of Joseph in Genesis chapter 41 today on the audio study guide. So we welcome you here as we learn to live life out in the most difficult of situations, and that's called the wise life. My name is Trey Rhodes, and I'm the Connections Pastor at Northwood Baptist Church here in North Charleston, South Carolina. And as always, you're welcome, whether you're listening from around the world or as one of our Life Connection Group leaders or a care leader or whoever you are, you're welcome here to learn about the Word of God. Our pastor preached this message, and it was actually um, one of our youth pastors that preached. His name is Cody, Cody Coxwell. He did a fantastic job, and I want to put out some kudos to him for getting up there and really expounding the Word of God in a way that's understandable and helpful for all of us as we look at the life of Joseph, who was struggling in, in, uh, as a slave and then placed in prison and almost forgotten. And we look at that and we say, man, if that's what the man of God has to go through, I don't want anything to do with it. Well, Joseph found himself in a position that he was ready and able to help the highest man in all the world, Pharaoh, because of where he had been placed. So the next time you're going through the difficulties, remember that God is planning you and preparing you for a much greater task than you could have ever accomplished had you not developed the character in the most difficult times of life. So if you would like that sermon, you are uh, you can contact me, Trey, at NorthwoodBaptist.com, and I will get you uh, notes of, my ser- of, the, uh, of, the, of the message, and you can follow along and then take the discussion questions, and you can lead a Bible study wherever you are and whatever you do. It'll help you get through, and we have these all throughout the book of Genesis, so uh, just let me know, and we can certainly help you. Trey at NorthwoodBaptist.com. All righty, well, let's jump into Genesis chapter 41 and look at the life of this, this man of God that we call Joseph. And one of the 12, if you remember, one of the 12 children of Jacob, and he was sold into slavery by his own brothers who had wanted to kill him because they were jealous of him. And so sent him off to uh, uh, the faraway land with some slave traders who sold him then to, of all people, the captain of the, the prison guard or the captain of the guard, and he was able to be in his home until he was falsely accused and then sent to prison and met people there and began to have impact because of the blessing that God had given him uh, was blessing those around him, including his people that oversee saw him. So it's just been an incredible story to hear what God used Joseph for. And I just want to challenge you that as you look at this life of Joseph and you understand what it means to suffer, because we all do, we know what it's like to struggle, we know what it's like to hurt, we know what it's like to go through some of the most difficult times we've ever been through. Many of us in these last year or two have just been through some horrific things. And God is always preparing us. God does not waste a single sorrow, okay? So remind yourself of that. So let's uh, talk about that starting in Genesis chapter 41. And I'm just going to read the first few verses of this, and we're going to move ahead. It says in chapter 41, 
At the end of two years, Pharaoh had a dream. He was standing beside the Nile when he had seven healthy, well-fed cows come up out of the Nile and began to graze among the reeds. And after them, seven other cows, sickly and thin, came up from the Nile and stood beside those cows along the bank of the Nile. The sickly, thin cows ate the healthy, well-fed cows. Then Pharaoh woke up. He fell asleep and dreamed a second time. Seven heads of grain, plump and good, came up from one stalk. After them, seven heads of grain, thin and scorched by the east wind, sprouted up. And the thin heads of grain swallowed up the seven plump, full ones. Then Pharaoh woke up, and it was only a dream. And when morning came, he was troubled. So he summoned all the magicians of Egypt and all its wise men. And Pharaoh told them of his dreams. But no one could interpret them for him. Then the chief cupbearer. Remember the chief cupbearer was the man. This is, this is my own speaking now. The chief cupbearer was the man who, uh, that was in prison with Joseph. And Joseph interpreted his dream that he would be taken out of prison and prospered. So he's there in the presence of Pharaoh. He says, today I remember my faults. Pharaoh was angry with his servants. And he put me in the chief baker in the custody of the captain of the guards. He and I had dreams on the same night. Each dream had its own meaning. And this is the interesting thing. Now, a young Hebrew, a slave of the captain of the guards, was there with us. And we told him our dreams, and he interpreted our dreams for us. And each of us had its own interpretation. And verse 14 then says, Then Pharaoh sent for Joseph. Well, we have Joseph in prison. He is, for all he knows, has been forgotten. If you remember the last thing that he said, as, as those men left the prison, he said, Remember me. And for two years, he had not heard from them. For two years, he thought he had been forgotten. For two years, and that's a long time. Two years is a long time. I don't care how you cut it. Two years in a prison, thinking that you had been forgotten and left. There's only one way to be able to get through that, and that's to depend upon the wisdom and the help of God. So today's message is called The Wise Life. And we find in Proverbs chapter 1, that fearing the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. So wisdom is fearing the Lord. So Joseph had a healthy fear, a healthy respect for God that the people around him didn't. And because of that, God gave him great wisdom. Now, Pastor Cody went on to say that true wisdom is being faithful to God in the ups and downs of life. So we have Joseph, he's this interpreter of dreams, and uh, as I said earlier, the last thing he asked after he interpreted the dreams, don't, you don't need to do anything for me, just remember me, and he was forgotten. Now, these dreams happen to Pharaoh, we just read about them, this uh, cows that come up, the healthy cows, and they come up out of the Nile, and they start eating the reeds, and then the, the very skinny cows came up and ate the healthy cows. The thin cows ate the healthy, well-fed cows. So Pharaoh wakes up, at kind of in a start. He falls asleep. He dreams a second time, and seven plump heads of grain, uh, plump and good, came up on one stock, and then seven heads of grain that were thin and scorched by the east wind sprouted up, and the thin heads swallowed up the seven plump ones. He was distressed with this dream, and he called all his magicians together, called everybody together, but no one could interpret them for him. So the chief cupbearer remembered Joseph at that point. At just the right time, he remembered. He said, today I remember my faults. Pharaoh was angry with the servants, and he put me and the chief baker in the custody. And he says, a young Hebrew, a slave of the calf and the guards, was there with us. We told him our dreams, and he interpreted our dreams 
and it turned out just the way he interpreted. So verse 14 again, Pharaoh sent for Joseph, and they quickly brought him from the dungeon, shaved, changed his clothes, and went to Pharaoh. And this is what Pharaoh said to Joseph, I have had a dream, and no one can interpret it, but I have heard it said about you that you can hear a dream and interpret it. Now, immediately, Joseph does not take the credit himself. He says, I'm not able to. And by the way, that's a good way to know wisdom as well, is just recognize your inability. You know, when you're going through the struggles of life, recognize that it is the inability and your dependence upon God because you are not able that you begin to see God do the greatest work in your life. And that's exactly what Joseph said. He said, I am not able to. And he said, listen to these, it is God, Elohim, who will give Pharaoh a favorable answer. So Joseph, in the midst of this, recognized that it was not he who was doing it. It was God who was doing it. And then he gave the, the, all the credit to God. When the answer came, it would be favorable from God. So, so, so Pharaoh tells Joseph the dream. And the, uh, the, he repeats the whole thing all over again, and the same thing, exactly as he, as he dreamed it. And the Bible says in verse 25, Then Joseph said to Pharaoh, Pharaoh's dream means the same thing. God has revealed to Pharaoh what he is about to do. Now, he didn't have to ask. He immediately was given this wisdom. He said, The seven good cows are seven years. The seven good heads are seven years. The dreams mean the same thing. The seven thin sickly cows came up after them seven years, and the seven worthy heads of grain scorched by the east winter, seven years of famine. It is just as I told Pharaoh, God has shown Pharaoh what he's about to do. Seven years there will be great abundance of coming, uh, great abundance are coming throughout the land of Egypt. And after them, seven years of famine will take place, and all the abundance in the land of Egypt will be forgotten, and the famine will devastate the land. Well, God had given pharaoh the head of the world a dream to let him know what was about to happen so why so that joseph could come out of prison and so that joseph could be the man that he was going to become it was all once again goes back to the story of genesis chapter 3 verse 15 that out of uh, out of the seed of the woman will come one a son who will crush the serpent's head. You see, this is still all about the Messiah because God's people had to survive so that the Messiah could be born. So how does that happen? Well, Joseph not only gives the interpret interpretation of the dream, Pharaoh then enlists him to be the man that Pharaoh places in charge. It would second be second only to Pharaoh. And all the earth would come to Egypt. Now I wrote, wrote in my notes, read Joseph. So that all the earth would come to Joseph for food to eat. If they were going to survive, it was going to go through Joseph. So Joseph came up with a plan. And Joseph made sure that there was food enough for Pharaoh, for his, his people, and literally the people of the world. As for the seven years, they stored up grain. And then the last seven years... When there was no grain and no food, they had an opportunity to give back to the people or to sell back to the people uh, the food. And uh, Joseph was even smart enough to get some land that Pharaoh had been wanting uh, from the people. And it was just an incredible story. Okay, so with that in mind, let's look at some of the applications that we can make. And what Pastor Cody does is he 
asks three questions and then applies that to our life. First question, do your circumstances define your view of God's faithfulness? Do your circumstances define your view of God's faithfulness? You see, God is faithful regardless of your circumstances. You know, whenever we're going through the tough times, and we have and we will, Lamentations 3.22 to 26 says, As mercies are new, great is your faithfulness. The reality is that God is there. God is there. Remember the little addition Pastor uh, Cody said, 2 plus 2 equals 4. That's a true statement. So if you don't, if you put 2 plus 2 equals 5 or 2 plus 2 equals 1 or something like that, if you don't get it right, there's nothing wrong with the plus sign or the equal sign. In the same way, if you don't get it right, there's nothing wrong with God. God is true. And when the hard times come, you already know where you are going. Second application. God is using your circumstances for his glory and your good. So maybe you have somebody in your life connection group that's struggling. Maybe they're struggling at the job. Maybe they're struggling in the marriage. Maybe they're struggling with the kids. Whatever it is. You see, what we do is we endure for God's glory. And when we do that, it will be for God's good. There is a watching world that is waiting to see how you will respond in the midst of struggle and hurt and difficulty. Number one question, do your circumstances define your view of God's faithfulness? Number two, do your circumstances define your view of God's blessing? So here's what we look at with that. Number one, we, going back to Joseph and understanding, uh, we see that God uh, seemed initially, God had blessed Joseph, but then the blessing seemed to be taken away. So here's Joseph sweltering in, in this prison. And we see all the circumstances just seemed to go south. He seemed to be a he seemed to have done what he should have done by interpreting these dreams, and yet he's forgotten for two years. Now, in the circumstances, Joseph could have said, "Oh well, God ain't God. I don't believe God. Two years is too long. I'm done." But see, God's blessing has nothing to do with circumstances. You look at the life of Job and what he went through and where he came out in the end, and he blessed the Lord in the midst of it, and God restored to him. And then the Apostle Paul, of all people, it's in, interesting, and Pastor Cody didn't say this, but I've been reading in the book of Acts, and what's so interesting is that Paul was told from the very beginning that Ananias was to go to him and to tell Paul, or Saul at that point, all the things that he will suffer for the sake of the gospel. From the very beginning, that's what Paul was going through. You see, it, it's willing to go through whatever it takes for God. Blessing comes from life with God. Jesus promises this, I am with you, period. God's blessing has nothing to do with circumstances. Second, God's blessing has nothing to do with other people's circumstances. You say, but look at them. Well, why are they? I thought they would. It seems if they, they, if they went through that and got out, that I will, or vice versa. Why haven't I gotten out like they have gotten out? Why did, why did I have to suffer and they didn't? And so we're, we're not really playing the blame game. We're just kind of reminding God that somebody else got out of the situation and I didn't. And somehow that the blessing of God is dependent upon whether other people have been blessed by God or not and how am I going to get out of that. The apostles did that constantly, didn't they? Jesus had to remind them. said, you know, things like, uh, why, is he, why isn't he going through? He said, let Peter, you worry about yourself. <laughs> and that's what it is. We worry about ourselves. You wonder why they have the money, the talent, the marriage. And by the way, those things are not up to you. Those are up to God and why God gives those things out, right? And the finances and all the things that we need. And then third, God's blessing has everything to do with his sovereign reign. This is about God sovereignly saying, 
This is my plan, my work, my will, and it's done in my way. So what we do is we use the things that have been given to us to bless God and others, and we steward our resources well. That's your money, that's your talent, that's your time, that's your resources, that's whatever you have been given by God. All right, number three question. Despite your circumstances, do you really believe that you have been blessed by God? Now, this has to do with relationship. Do I have that ongoing, abiding relationship with God? Am I living and breathing and moving in Him? You see, we have status because of the cross. The people in your Life Connection group have status because of the cross. This is our standing in Jesus Christ. You have wealth. And we're not talking about monetary wealth here. We're talking about the greatest wealth available. The spiritual wealth of God Himself. And, and, and you have wealth because of the cross. And by the way, this is more wealth than Joseph could have or would have ever had. It is available to every one of us. The spiritual wealth of God himself. That's the greatest wealth. And then you have power because of the cross. Now, we know that Joseph got great power as he became second under Pharaoh, but we're even given greater power. We're given the power of the resurrection of Jesus Christ that flows through us, that is available to us every single day and the purpose is that we might be a witness to the world and share the good news of christ and the people might see us this watching world that is watching just like they were watching joseph is watching us so we carry this throughout our lives why because god gave up his very own son for us that's what made it possible it was the cross it was the cross. It was the cross. All right, guys, let's jump into the questions and get into what these have to say. Number one, uh, let's talk about honesty time. What was something you did this past week that was very foolish? I think we could all say things. You know, I, um, I went to bed without, uh, without um, uh, setting my alarm, you know, and I got up late. And my boss was mad at me when I got mad. We've done things. We, we turned in front of somebody on the road, you know, or... Or maybe we did something even worse where we, we re- reacted in a situation maybe with our wife or children or maybe at work when we should have responded, right? We've done foolish things. Well, let him talk a little bit about that. How would you define wisdom? And remember what he said. Let's go back and talk about what that was real quickly. Uh, the Bible says in Proverbs chapter 1, verse 7, that wisdom is, uh, wisdom is fearing the Lord. The fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. And uh, Pastor Cody went on to further interpret it by saying this. True wisdom is being faithful to God in the ups and downs of life. Uh, Number three, throughout Joseph's life, God had been faithful. Have you ever seen that God is faithful throughout your life? Yes, God is always faithful. All the time, all the time, he's always faithful. All right, now let's examine the text. This passage is a fascinating part of Jacob's story. Uh, okay, maybe you can have somebody kind of recount or maybe several people in your class recount the plot of chapter 41, kind of share that. Now, we, chapter 41 is leading up to Joseph's circumstances and, uh, the, and what, typically what had they been, good or bad? And the answer is yes. They had been both good and bad. He had had some good situations. He had done some foolish things. He had you know, told his brothers they were going to bow down and worship him, all those kind of things, bow down to him. Um, so how has God proved his faithfulness to Joseph despite his circumstances? Well, God has always been there. God's never left him. God blessed him. 
God allowed him to, wherever he went, he prospered. Whoever was even over him. Remember we talked about that. The prosperity that transferred. And so these people saw this and they wanted some of what Joseph had. Number four, how did Joseph's circumstances change for good in chapter 41? Well, this is when everything starts to change. This is when he is remembered. He was remembered by uh, the man that was in, the, in prison with him. Uh, and the man that was in prison with him uh, reported to Pharaoh about what he would do, that how he interpreted his dreams, and that how he could probably help Pharaoh out with, within the same way. Um, now, throughout chapter 41, the word wise is repeated three times. How has Joseph acted wisely? So how did Joseph act wisely? I think I uh, got ahead of myself a little bit here. On number four, we just answered that. Um, the word wise is used three times. Now, how has Joseph acted wisely throughout his life, despite his circumstances? Well, regardless of what was going on, Joseph always tried to help those who were in leadership. Isn't that right? He helped out whether it was Potiphar or whether it was the people in prison or whether it was who, you know, wherever he was, he, he decided that he would wisely try to, no matter the circumstance, he was going to live out what it meant to be a, a follower of Yahweh in front of all these people. And he did exactly that. Um, and he did that despite the circumstances. Uh, number five. So we did four first and three. Now we're at five. What does it mean to be blessed by God? Well, blessing has very little to do with money, has very little to do with our lot in life, where we're, where we're placed. Blessing has very little to do with what we've been given as far as you know, talent, time, resources, all those things. The blessing of God is, is that God will honor you as you honor him. That's the blessing of God. And was Joseph blessed even though he was thrown in the pit? Of course he was. When he was thrown in the pit, he was blessed. And of course, then you get to the second part of that question. What about when he was elevated to the second in command of Egypt? Yes. These are not no questions. These are yes questions. So even in the pit, that's where Joseph was developing his skill to be able to lead a nation as he developed his skill and his character. He developed his relationship with God. He developed that ongoing, those ongoing things were all happening in the pit. And that was a bless. That was a blessing. Because if had he not been there, he would have never been elevated. Number six, imagine you're Israel hearing this chapter as you're wandering in the wilderness. And what does this story mean to you? Okay, so they're wandering in the wilderness. It seems like all hope is lost. They can't get, they can't get to the promised land. And in the midst of that, Moses is writing and saying, hey, guys, this is what's going on. You're in the same situation. This, you might feel like you're in a pit. But I'm developing you into who you need to be so that when we get to the promised land, you'll be able to overtake it. But if you don't do it here, you're not going to do it there. And might you say that to your Life Connection group? I think so. Might we say that to ourselves? I think so. You see, we always say, when I get to. You know, I was uh, called to the mission field at the age of 19, and it was always a temptation to say, when I get to the mission field, I'm going to. Well, go ahead and start right now. When I get in the mission field, I'm start really being a witness. Go ahead and start right now. When I get in the mission field, I'm going to really give my money to God. Why don't you start right now? When I get to the mission field, I'm really going to start obeying God. Why don't you start right now? When I get in the mission field, I'm going to read the Bible like I've never read before. Why don't you start right now? Right? Okay. Um, 
So how about you? Maybe this story might mean something to you with that idea in mind, that you're going through this struggle. What is, what is God saying to you, to you in the midst of that? Number seven, how does this passage point us to the gospel of Christ? Well, obviously, at the, at the very end of this message, we came to the understanding that, that God uh, is, has done it all in the cross and that he is the one who has carried us through this life. He's even forgiven us of our sins and gave up his very, his very own son, who, by the way, went through the worst pit you could ever imagine and was seen to be forgotten by everybody, as you can imagine. And yet, three days later, he rose again. That points us to the gospel. All right, now, uh, these are going to be questions that you can kind of answer them, let them talk a little bit about. On a scale of 1 to 10, how faithful are you to God during hard circumstances? So how faithful are you? Um, is it, do you use it as an excuse? Pastor Tommy actually talked about this several weeks ago. When you go through the tough times, do you use it as an excuse to fall away from God? Uh, why do we tend to doubt God's faithfulness in the hard times? Why do we doubt, tend to doubt God's faithfulness in the hard times? Well, I think we think that somehow God owes us something. I know that there are times in my life, Lord, here I've done this, I've served you, I've pleased you, I've, I've tried to do what you wanted me to do, and, and yet you're putting me through this? And so it's like, God, I've been, I, I don't know how faithful I've been, and the same way you would, if you're honest with yourself, you couldn't say that as well, but we tend to think that God owes us something, even in the hard times, especially in the hard times, and all God owes us is his presence, isn't that right? Number two, what are some practical ways you can specifically grow in wisdom? Well, you know, just let them list some of those things out. Maybe they could read, uh, let me tell you, the book, the book that is full of wisdom is the Bible, and the center of wisdom in the Bible is the book of Proverbs. Maybe everybody in your life connection group needs to start reading a proverb a day. You know, if they read a proverb a day and then read, uh, let's say, 30, uh, a month of 30 days, they would re read 30 different proverbs and then continue reading you get through the book of Proverbs in about a year, and you'd have wisdom for just about every day of the year. And sometimes it's about your kids. Sometimes it's about your marriage. Sometimes it's about anger. Sometimes it's about finances. Sometimes it's about how you deal with uh, leadership and all those things. But anyway, maybe that's an opportunity. Maybe they say, well, you know, I can, I can seek God as I never have before, and I can begin to see God working in the midst of my struggles as this watching world is watching me, Right? Well, whatever it is, let, let them list out some practical ways. You might want to throw out that Proverbs thing and see where you go from there. Number three, why does suffering well allow you to witness well? As I said, there's that watching world that's always there, and people are waiting to see when you go through the struggle how you're going to respond. Uh, what does witnessing well look like? Well, we are a witness to what Jesus Christ has done in, in us to forgive us of our sin, cleanse us, and change us. That does not change with circumstances up or down. It's always the same. Number four, do you believe you have been blessed by God, beyond blessed by God? Uh, the answer is, of course you have. And the cross is the answer to that. And that's how you know that. All right, respond to the truth. What is one way you need to respond today? So how do you respond? And with Genesis 41. And how does Genesis 41 prompt you to pray? And then what is one way you can be faithful to God even when your circumstances are bad? All right, so... Get them to talk that through because they really need to get that measurable in their life. What is one way that they can be faithful to God 
even when, and for every one of them, it's going to be, it should be something a little different. So let them kind of share that and uh, that'll do it. All right, guys. Well, that is the uh, audio study guide for the, for the, this week. And thank you for your patience over Christmas. And as you can probably tell, I have a little bit of a tickle in my throat. And as I said on the podcast, I got a little bit of creeping crud. And uh, I've, I've been at work, uh, not not uh, fully functional, but okay. And I appreciate your prayers as we get through this. And I'm sure I'll be better, hopefully, by Sunday. Anyway, look forward to seeing uh, most of you, if not all of you, Sunday. And we look forward to what God is going to continue to do here at Northwood Baptist. And um, thank you so much for what you're doing. And I am just so thrilled to be a part of what God is doing here and a part of your life. And as always, if there are any questions you have, you can always contact me, Trey, at NorthwoodBaptist.com. And that's spelled T-R-E-Y in Northwood Baptist, no S, NorthwoodBaptist.com. And we'll get those messages and emails, and we will do what we can to answer your questions or give you the information you need or whatever it is. All right? Well, let me pray for you, and we'll go. Dear Father, thank you so much for all the blessing that you give us. And Lord, it is in the midst of the most difficult and trying circumstances of life that you are able to do exceeding abundantly above anything we ask or think as you develop us, as you make us into who you want us to be, as you help us to develop character in our lives, develop a deep and abiding relationship with you. And Father, most of all, as we learned this week, that we get wisdom from you, not only to know how we should live, so that we can also help others, just like Joseph was able to help Pharaoh. God, we thank you for that. Use us this week. Uh, bring people to you. And Father, if there's someone in our classes that doesn't know Jesus Christ is saving Lord of their life, may this be the day that they ask him into their lives. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. God bless. Have a great week.